Hey y'all, welcome to the 11th Hour God Podcast, where we share testimony of how God is working in people's lives. We call this podcast the 11th Hour God, not because he shows up in the 11th hour, it's because we tend to see him in our 11th hour when we've finally given it all to him and are at our breaking point. I'm Jake. And I'm Kenny. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, welcome back to the 11th Hour God Podcast. As always, we're so thankful to have you guys tuning in, and we're just so blessed to have each and every one of you listen to our episodes. In case you didn't see on social media this week, we posted that we unfortunately are going to be going to posting episodes every other week. Um, Life is just getting crazy busy, and as much as we wish we could post every week, unfortunately, with all of our other demands, we're just not able to. Yeah, we've been actually spending a lot of time, um, which we love, but interviewing other people for this podcast um, and recording um, and editing takes a lot of time. So it's just become a lot more time consuming than we expected. Um, And we already have incredibly busy lives. So we just thought this would be best um, for us, but also for the podcast so that we're continuing to put out things of quality and episodes that we um, can 100% stand behind. So, so you guys, we're really excited because we have a very special guest today. Um, she's a friend of ours. She's also um, in our Bible study. Her husband and her daughters are in our Bible study with us. Um, and she's our neighbor. Uh, her name is Janice, and we're going to get to her in a minute. But first, we kind of just wanted to um, sit here and just share with you how we kind of saw God in our week um just to hopefully encourage y'all a little bit yeah so kenny i know um that you've started a women's small group recently can you tell us how that's been going i know it's still kind of fresh yeah absolutely um so y'all know that the lord put it on my heart to start a bible study um well a small group with our neighbors here um and that's been just been going incredible but with that small group, the Lord did put it on my heart to start a smaller group of just women doing a Bible study and just really digging deep into the word um, and with um, the relationships with those women. Because you don't have enough on your calendar already. Right. <laughs> but I think that's important to mention too is is for us, and I just told Kenny this the other week, that I really feel like our schedules are going to be attacked because we are busy. I think the enemy is going to try and get in there and cause chaos and confusion um, because we have so much going on. So it's very important to us to really sit back and make sure that we're hitting all the important stuff appropriately and prioritizing correctly. Yeah. And by important stuff, you mean like the stuff that the Lord's called us to do because that should take precedence over everything. Right. And he's going to call you to do something even when your life is chaotic or even when you have a hundred things going on and I think for both the small group and your women's group, we felt, or you felt that, like, I don't have time right now to start this, even though he kept putting it on your heart. Yeah, yeah, because um, he put it on my heart a while ago, um, and I was like, yep, I'm going to get to that, I'll figure things out, you know, and then about a month or so ago, we did a fast, um, and during that fast, the Lord was like, I told you to start a woman's Bible study. (laughs) Like, where are we with that? I was like, oh, I felt so convicted. So I was like, yes, Lord, I will do that. Show me like what you want us to do. I've I've never done a woman's Bible study. Um, I've never been in one, let alone led one. So I I didn't even know where to start. 
Um, so I ended up finding this study by Priscilla Schreier. Um, it's called Discerning the Voice of God. And I, um, when I found it, I was like, oh, this could be amazing because like the ladies in the group, even some of the guys have talked about like not hearing God's voice or not sure what God's voice sounds like, you know? Yeah. And I know that that's one thing that you and I have spoken about personally is that sometimes we don't it's discerning that voice, right? Like we all kind of know we hear that voice or we think we do, but it's discerning. Like, is this my flesh speaking or is this God really telling me to move and do something? Yeah. Or is this the enemy? Right. Yeah. So we, I found that book and I went through it a little bit, did a little bit of research on it, reached out to, um, other believers that I trusted about it. Also reached out to the ladies to see what they thought. And everybody was just kind of on board with doing it. Um, I had, Honestly, I had no expectations from it, Um, but we started doing it and it's absolutely just been blowing my mind. It's been blowing all of our minds because some of the stuff that she goes into are just things that we've never thought about. So one of the really great things about this study is going through it with a bunch of women um, that you don't even know are going through some of the same struggles that you are, you know, like when you share something, others speak up and they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, that's that's something that I'm going through too. Like the other day, one of the ladies mentioned something and I was like, gosh, like we're going through the same thing and it's been a huge struggle and I didn't want to like say anything about it because it's not an easy thing to discuss. But the fact that somebody else opened up about it allowed me to open up up about it and just completely helped me through that situation, you know, and it's like I know moving forward how to deal with this now. Yeah, and I think it's so important to build those relationships where you can be vulnerable and really, because it's really easy for us as adults and humans to celebrate good times with each other. When somebody has a promotion or a baby or a marriage, right? no problem. We'll be there. Yeah. But when bills are getting past due or you get a medical diagnosis or something just isn't going right. Your marriage you feel like is falling apart. We don't ever really open up about that. Especially men. Women, it's a lot easier for women, but it is still hard, especially when um, you don't have really really close friends or anything like that. And that was our prayer for this group, that we do become close enough that we feel comfortable confiding in each other and that um, everybody in the group does that with like no judgment. I feel like that's the biggest thing with us is that if you're a part of this group, we're not judging anybody. We're there for them no matter what. Um, and we're only going to lift people up and not tear anybody down. But anyways, real quick, I just wanted to get back to the study that we're doing. Um, like I was telling the ladies this past Monday, I've been saved for over 20 years. And some of the stuff that I'm learning in this study, I've just been like mind blown by it. How did I not know this stuff about the Lord after 20 years? Well, I think it's not necessarily you didn't know, but it's just a different view or a different way of looking at things. Yeah. We tend to put God in such a box and we try to make him fit what we think is what he should look like or what is correct. Right. And we limit him. Like we limit him all the time, big and small. We take small prayers and we're like, oh, God won't answer that because it's so small. He has, there's children dying across the world. Why is he going to answer my prayer about helping me through a test next week? Or like, I'm doing everything correct. Why isn't he answering my prayers or whatever it is, you know? But I also think it's because in my 20 years, 20 something years of being saved, I have never actively and consistently pursued the Lord. Yeah, you have your seasons. Yeah. 
Like I have had times where I was really close to him and just crying out to him and loving him. But this has been the longest period, like maybe the past year, I would say, has been the longest period of me just actively pursuing him and digging deep into his word and just trying to like get to know him in the sense of like, and being obedient, yeah. Oh, and in being obedient, absolutely. There's just there's just been so much, but I have to give thanks to like our small group for this because if it wasn't for this group, I don't know how much I would be pursuing him, you know, cuz we we meet every week and we dig into the gospel and we ask questions and it's just been Honestly, just so amazing. But this is why the Lord, this is why Jesus tells us to be in community. Yep. It is so important. Iron sharpens iron for a reason. Absolutely. Yes. But one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about with this study, something that I learned and was just kind of one of those mind blowing things for me is that, you know, we're talking about discerning the voice of God and how you hear him and obedience and different things like that. You know, and one of the studies was about like, are you being obedient? Are you not hearing his voice because you're not being obedient? And I was like, I, I'm so obedient. I feel like anytime I hear the Lord speak, or if you, even you hear the Lord speak, and you say like, "Here, this is what this is what I feel like the Lord's telling us," or whatever it is, we're like, "Yep, jump, do it," even if we don't want to do it. We I feel like we are so obedient in things like that, you know. So I was just like so confused as to why I wasn't hearing from Him or why He wasn't answering these prayers that we've just been praying about for months and months. Um, and I remember there was like a question that asked something like are you being obedient, blah, blah. Is there anything you're not being obedient in? And I literally wrote down, no, I was so frustrated. I was like, no, I'm so obedient. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Um, And I ended up listening to the video because it's a seven-week study and it's five days a week. So every week you you basically read something every morning and then you watch like this 45-minute long to an hour video. And I watched the video And she said, I'm just paraphrasing here, but she basically said, like, if you're not hearing from the Lord, maybe there's something that has to be done that he needs to deal with first. So like if you're struggling with your marriage, with a friendship, with finances, um, with getting pregnant or whatever it is, and you've just been praying on it and praying on it and you feel like you've been obedient and nothing's happening, um, that maybe he needs to deal with the leprosy of your heart first. And I was like, what does that even mean? The leprosy of my heart. And she's kind of just like, you know, do you have things that he's been telling you that you didn't do? Like, um, are you going through financial struggles but and you're not tithing? You know, like, yeah. are you tra- praying for your, your marriage um, because things aren't changing and things are really hard, but you're constantly putting your husband down. Are you just like wanting to see something in your life, but you have a relationship with your mother, your father, your cousin, whatever, that's really bad and that you need to go to that relationship and fix that relationship before um, anything can happen. You know, you don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's even like our church. We do communion every Sunday and they tell us all the time, like if there's something you need to fix, hold off on communion, fix it. And then come back. Yeah, and I never thought about that because it's like, yeah, communion. I believe in Jesus. He's he's my Lord and Savior, you know. Yeah, of course I'm going to take communion. But um, that, when she said that, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, yes, I have leprosy of the heart. I have things that I need to work on that I know that God's been knocking at my door like, Kenny, let's work on this. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, and so I was like, yeah, there's things I need to work on. There are broken relationships from a while ago that I need to say, I'm so sorry that I did this. You yeah. know, regardless of who was right and who was wrong, I'm the one that is a follower of Jesus and I'm the one yep. that needs to go over there and say, I'm sorry that this happened, that I handled this, this situation. Will you forgive me? There's just a few things that I know the Lord's been reminding me about that I needed to work on. Um, and that was just such a huge thing for me. Like I need to work on this leprosy of my heart before I can see God answering these prayers or working in my life, however he's going to do it. Um, but I need to do that. He needs to deal with my heart first before he's going to deal with my outside relationships or my outside circumstances. Right. And I think too, with all of this and you seeing this, like you said, we've been obedient this last year or so we felt like, you know, um, only God knows if we're truly being obedient or not. But I also feel like this last year we've seen more attacks Oh, absolutely. On our marriage, on our family, on finances, on just jobs. I mean, just everything like where I feel like, we should be fighting more, but we really have been working through a lot of stuff and just really identifying when it's spiritual warfare and calling it out. Yeah, absolutely. But that's because when you are obedient to the Lord and when he speaks, you listen, the enemy hates that. Right. And he's going to try to cause separation with you and the Lord, with you and your spouse, um, with anything. He's going to try, try to get into all those little cracks because he doesn't want you being obedient. He doesn't want you getting closer to the Lord. Yeah. And something like when we were in small group with Brandy and Kina, you know, we, and we may have mentioned it on a previous episode, but just how Wednesdays, which was our day for small group with Brandy and Kina, that we knew that day was going to be hard. Our schedules were going to be jam-packed. Traffic was going to be bad. We were going to be late. Dinner wasn't going to be ready. There was always something that was going to go wrong, and we knew that. So we knew we had to pray over Wednesdays. Like Wednesdays were the day, like, Lord, fill us with you. Don't allow the enemy to dwell in our calendars, in our Mm -hmm. tasks, in our to-do list, because he's going to get into those small things, which then domino, and before we know it, we're calling off and saying, never mind, we're not going to make it to group. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what he wants, which is our small group heroes on Wednesdays too. And that's what we tell them. Like, if you're not coming just because you're feeling anxious about something, you're feeling angry about something, you're feeling frustrated, come. Because that's when you know you need to come. Or even small, like, oh, I don't have anything to bring for dinner. I didn't have time to make something. Yeah. He seeps into all those little cracks and just makes you doubt. So don't listen to any of that. Yeah. So I know Kenny and I, we always pray over Wednesday mornings. Like we pray like... Lord, watch over everybody who's coming tonight, everybody who wants to be a part of this, like just protect their day because anytime that you're doing something that the Lord has called you to do or to be a part of that is glorifying him or bettering him and his kingdom, the enemy doesn't like that. Yeah, He's not worried about the lost who are out sinning and doing whatever they want to do and living their own truth. He's worried about the ones that are gathering week after week after week to get into the word, to sharpen each other to hold each other accountable the enemy doesn't want that the devil doesn't want that yeah the enemy is worried about the children of god that have been adopted to his kingdom if you're not a believer you're not a child of god if you are a believer and you've accepted jesus christ into your heart you are a child of god 
so going back to your small group, where do you guys see this going? Like, obviously you guys are getting closer, you're sharing things, you know, and I know I've, I've shared that I want to reach out to the men and start something kind of similar. I don't know if we can do every week. Um, I know some guys are traveling for work and whatnot, but maybe every other week, but I want to do the same thing where we're getting together as men and sharpening each other to be better leaders of our household, to be better fathers, be better husbands, and just better men all in general. Like, I think it's something that today's church lacks is a true man who lives biblically. Yeah, I think it's so important for men to get together because y'all are the leaders of the household, you know. And if your relationship with the Lord isn't where it needs to be, then you can't lead the rest of your family. But as women, if our relationship with the Lord isn't where it needs to be, then we can't respect and submit to our husbands in the right way in order for him to lead our family. Um, And that's such a big thing that we're learning in this Bible study as well, that just really small things that we don't ever feel like is a big deal. Like, you know, I'll, I'll say something to you sometimes that I don't think is a big deal, but to you, you're like, what do you always say to me? Jeez, thanks for speaking death over me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I told the ladies that and they were all kind of like, oh my gosh, I do that too. And it could be so small, but that's another way that the enemy seeps in though. And it's not big, right? It's not you saying, oh, you're so bad at this or, oh, you always do this wrong. It's not the nagging. It's the like, okay, maybe I'm just going to correct him on this, but you're, you see it as a, like a, a put down in a sense, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's a hit. And I don't want to say to the ego, but as men, like we want to be leaders. We want to be protectors. We want to be providers. But you want to be lifted up. Exactly. And, and I think it's so lost in today's society of a woman truly supporting her husband in the way. And I've seen a, a reel go around Instagram where the woman, a lady was speaking and she says, you know, I submit to my husband and I have no problem to that because I know exactly where we're going. He knows exactly where our family's going and he knows exactly where he's taking us spiritually, physically. And I just, I don't remember exactly everything that she said, but it was just so eye-opening to see that as a husband and to see a woman submit in that way too. Like, And I think we're doing better as a married couple to do that. Like, you know, we've had many discussions on leading and what's expected and where we're at and, and just you taking your role and me taking my role biblically. Yeah, because I've always been very independent and like calling the shots type of person, you know? And I know when we first got together, like that was so hard for me. I mean, it still is, don't get me wrong. It, But it used to be so hard for me to just submit and just allow you to lead. And that's something that we've prayed a lot about and talked a lot about. And I've gotten way better at that, but I still have so far to go. Um, but that's one thing that I'm really learning in this study, that that's a hard thing for a lot of women. Yeah. Because we all have our own personalities and we all have our own view of what's right and wrong and how things should be got, done. And especially for women, control is a huge thing. So it's like if you make a decision, and I feel like that's not the right decision, even if it's something so small, I always feel like I need to make it known that that's not the right decision. But I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And I think for us, one of the examples that I always use and go back to was 
right after we were married, we bought a hammock, right? And I remember going to the hardware store and I bought all the hardware to hang this hammock. And I got eye bolts that were rated for 1800 pounds. And I remember you had mentioned that's not enough. Like the hammock itself can hold 3000 pounds, but when are we ever, you know, my, my rebuttal was when are we ever going to have 1800 pounds of people in this hammock? But that was so hard for you to understand, even though I looked at it and said, this is enough. And I should have just said, yeah, that works. That's perfect. But I couldn't relinquish control over that for some really dumb reason. But that's definitely something that I've learned and prayed through. And I think a lot of those little things now, it's easy for me to just be like, okay, yeah, go ahead, do it the way you want to do it. Um, definitely some of the bigger things is a little harder because I know like for you, that's, that's a sign of disrespect. I know for men, like, it's like, you're not respecting my decision. And that's a big thing for, you know, you know, it talks about in the Bible, um, where men need to be respected. Women need to be loved. Like that's just our character. Right. And you love me so good. And I really need to be doing a better job of respecting you and letting you lead. Um, But with this small group, that's what's been so beautiful is that I've seen that, honestly, this is an issue for most women. And so it's been so good having this group and having this group of women to just like keep each other accountable and be like, ladies, are you respecting your guy today? What did you do today that made him feel less than that made him not feel like the leader of your family, you know? Um, And I think that that's helping our marriages. With that being said, like, if you're listening and you're going through a rough patch with with your marriage, what's the leprosy of your heart? Are you respecting your husband? Husbands, are you loving your wives? Yeah, I think that is one of the number one issues you hear from wives is, I don't feel loved from my husband. Yeah, he comes home and he just does this or, or he doesn't help with chores or doesn't help with the children or help with drop-offs or pickups. And and it's not even necessarily a, a task separation type of thing, but it's like, and I always ask you all the time, like, what can I do for you? Yeah. And, and it's important to help you in the way, because what you need today may not be what you need tomorrow. Right. Today, it's you just need me to get everything ready for the podcast. Tomorrow, it's you know, you're trying to get James out the door and you, you need all your paperwork gathered. You know, it's just that's where I see things come together is when we help each other in that aspect. Right. We're a team and we have to be working together as a team in all aspects. Um, and if we're putting the Lord first, everything just kind of trickles down the way that it is. If I, my heart is right with the Lord and I'm spending time with him and I'm putting him first. If your heart is right with the Lord, you're spending time with him, you're putting him first. Then your relationship with me is gonna be amazing. You're gonna be loving me. You're gonna be helping me. Um, My relationship with you is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna be respecting you. I'm gonna be submitting to you, you know? And then with our daughter, our relationship with her is going to be great, but it does start from the top. But like you said, it really is a team thing. Like you said, wives, is your husband not helping you around the house? Like, why is he not helping you around the house? Well, I was going to say too, yeah, like, you know, if, if he helps with the laundry, are you nagging him because he didn't fold the towels right? Right. Or he didn't put the shirts away right? Like, you can't want him to do it exactly the way you would do it. Right. And then complain when it's not done that way, but he's still helping. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, it's maybe it's not the exact same way that you would do it, but you still have to honor that he's helping you in that aspect. 
I read something the other day and it just was mind blowing to me. And it said that men, your most important ministry on earth is your marriage. And it got me thinking like the Bible says that husbands are to treat their wives the way that Jesus treated the church. Mm -hmm. And that, that should be convicting to all of us husbands Mm -hmm. because none of us are treating our wives the way Jesus treated the church. And, and obviously Jesus is a perfect standard, but are we even trying to match that? Are we even trying to get on that level every day to treat our wives the way Jesus treated the church? And it just, when you look at it through that perspective, it just, it was so convicting to me. And I even told you after I read that, like, man, I gotta, I gotta be better at leading. I gotta be better at everything that I'm called to do for our family, for our marriage. Yeah. I mean, I love that. <laughs> we all have our parts. We all have our roles in this life. And, um, are you living up to your role of what God's called you to do? Yeah. Um, it's so easy to say, well, it's his fault. He's not doing this. It's his fault. He's not doing that. But where's your leprosy of the heart that's not allowing God to work in your marriage, you know? And I know for me, for so many years, I was a Sunday Christian. Sure, I could recite some scripture. Sure, I prayed. But I wasn't laying my cross down every day. I wasn't trying to seek him in all aspects of my life every day. Sunday, great. I'd get up, put on the nice shirt, head to church, listen to a good sermon, And come Monday, I was a completely different person. And so I think it really starts with just that daily seeking him every day, every morning. You know, and and for me, what I've started doing, and I'm on day like almost 75, is I don't start my day anything without getting into even just one verse or meditating or praying on that one verse. Um, like the Bible app has a great daily verse. I don't look at a text message. I don't look at emails. I don't get on social media. I don't turn on TVs. Nothing until I've gone through that at least. Because he, at minimum, should be my first priority. And if I'm not making him my priority, why would I expect him to, for him to make me a priority? Yeah. And even though it's not a transactional relationship the least I can do is make him the first point of my day. Yeah. And along the lines of what you were just saying, you know, with just turning to him for everything, that's another thing that um, we learned in this study, which has just been, again, something you just never thought about. Um, She mentioned something about like, what are you filling your days with? Um, even if it's, even if you're filling your days with good stuff, like things that other people would applaud or things that even would help other people, um, are these things that he's calling you to do? So sometimes you're filling your days with good stuff, but are you filling your days with God stuff? Right. That was a really big thing for me because I feel like if something comes up and it's going to help somebody, you and I are like, yes, let's do this because it's going to help somebody. You know, we'll spend our time helping them with this or this or this or this. And we don't pray about it first because we're like, well, it's a good thing. Like, we don't need to pray about it. It, It's not bad. Like, of course, we're just going to fill our days with doing this once a week, whatever it is. But then God starts calling you to do something and you're like, 
God, sorry, I can't do that because like I'm already doing all this stuff and it's really great stuff and I'm doing it in your name. um, So I don't have time for that stuff. But he's like, okay, that's great that you're doing this stuff, but I didn't call you to do that stuff. Did you pray about doing that first or did you just jump in? This is what I'm calling you to do. So replace it with what I'm calling you to do. Um, And that was just like another mind blowing thing for me because like I said, we don't pray about so much stuff before we move forward on it because it's good stuff, you know, but we need to be praying about every move we make because even if it's something good, the Lord might have other plans for you. So he might tell you, no, let's not, let's not do that because I want you to do this. You know, it's just so important for every move you make for you to turn to the Lord in it and for you to get direction from him. Yeah, I think it's so important that we are continually asking him what our priorities are because a lot of times they don't align. You know, I know for us, we think we know what's right or what should happen and it usually falls apart or becomes a disaster. Yeah. If we're not doing it with the Lord by our side, you know, it, it, it will, it always will. Yep. Absolutely. If it's not part of his will, it's going to fall apart. And that's, you know, we've said that before, like that's one of our biggest prayers in anything that we do. This podcast with small group, with our IVF journey is Lord, if it's not of you or from you, close the door. 100% close that door even if it's hard and hurtful and it's not what we want close that door if it's not from you yeah or if it's not something that you want from us and it's such a huge desire of ours take away that desire from us like align the desires of our heart with what your desires of us are right you know so that's what you did when we moved to Texas like you wanted to move here forever and you kept praying like Lord I have such a huge desire to move there take this desire away from me if this is not what yep. you want from us, I mean, lucky for you, he changed the desire of my heart to move <laughs> See, here. <laughs> proof, proof that he works. But that was it. Like Kenny was dead set. Like we are not going to Texas. My family is is here in Hawaii. We're this is where I, I want to spend the rest of my days. And and Kenny and I had many a conversations about it. And it, I like I told her, I said, I don't understand why God's not taking this desire from me because that became my my number one prayer was lord take this desire or change my desire to what you want if you want us to stay here and plant roots and stay forever then then change my desire and he never did yeah but you also put it on like you put him in that box as like okay we've been waiting a couple years now i should have this either desire taken care of or right. i should have it changed like you're not doing anything but we just had to be patient. We had to just continue to wait because he is going to change that desire if it's not what he wants for you or he's going to give you that. Yeah. And like you said, you woke up one morning and you're like, something changed. Something's different. Like we're moving to Texas. He changed your heart overnight. Yeah. Well, thanks, babe. That was a good talking through and I hope that helped somebody because I know that's been really, really helping me. Um, But before we get into Janice, I honestly like really genuinely want to just thank you for being such a great husband who um, I have never been loved the way that you love me. And don't cry now. Stupid crying. (laughs) And I'm just so thankful for you. Um, And I wish I was so much better at showing it. Um, And I will continue to pray and try every day to 
be the wife that you deserve because you deserve so much. Um, and But I really am so truly thankful for you because you just love so hard. And everything you do for me, you don't expect anything in return. And you just, you have such a servant's heart for me and for our daughter and just, just for everybody in general. And you have no idea um, how much that's changed me. And I think my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with others have gotten so much stronger and better because of you and because um, of your... Awesomeness. Stop it. (laughs) By your example in my life. And um, as a man, um, you're the closest thing I think I've ever seen to someone who exemplifies Jesus. Oh man, well I appreciate that, <laughs> but that's a, a big <laughs> that bar is set high. But the thing is, you say that you want to be the wife I deserve, but you are the wife I deserve. God would not have brought us together, given me anything less than what I deserve and what you deserve. Like we work so well together, and I think that's just an example of who He is. Like we our marriage is a testimony of, of who God is yeah. and just seeing him bring together such a yin and yang. Those that know us personally know that we are complete opposites in most things. Yeah. Um, Kenny would prefer the house to be boiling hot and I would prefer a meat locker. (laughs) (laughs) I would prefer everything OCD clean and Kenny is a rancher. (laughs) Dirt does not bug her. But I just, I appreciate that. And and as we've talked many a nights that I hope that I can be that leader of our house that you deserve and that James deserve. And that's our goal as a married couple is that we're shining Jesus's light for James. Yeah. That she is going to grow up saying, I saw my parents exemplify Jesus so much in all that they did or, you know, all that we can do. Yeah. You know, one verse that comes to mind is Matthew five fourteen through 16. And it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I think that's such a strong reminder about your light needs to be in your own home first. If you are out trying to do all these good deeds and do a bunch of stuff for God, even though it has good intentions, if your marriage is falling apart, if your home is falling apart, if you have all these broken personal relationships you're still not glorifying him in the way that he would want. Yeah, like it really does start at home first. Your marriage, your relationship with your kids, like that all needs to take precedence before you can go out there and minister and speak about the Lord because it's like, who are you to say, put your husband first, put your wife first, do this, do that, if your home life is in shambles, you know? And if you aren't putting the Lord first, aren't putting your your husband or your wife second, um, you're not living it out. Yeah, it's not biblical. Right. And the thing is, that doesn't mean that your home and your marriage have to be perfect. No. But 
Are you working to better things? Like you said, is your wife your main ministry? Right. Is your husband your main ministry? That's where it starts. And then your ministries flow into other things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, babe. So before we get into Janice, um, I would like to know, like, did you see God anywhere this week, this last few weeks? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. And it's funny that we talk about marriage or we just talked about marriage and your women's small group. For me this week, I really had God remind me and convict me um, to find blessings in the small mundane things of every day. Mm. You know, we've had a lot going on and our house has been in shambles and I was doing something. I wouldn't say in shambles. (laughs) I wouldn't say in shambles. I mean, to my standards, (laughs) we're basically hoarders. And you're like, there's one dish on the count or or on the counter. This is not acceptable. (laughs) For people that don't know, Kenny will be cooking and literally turn around to grab the pepper. And I've already put it away. (laughs) Or she'll have a knife that she's still cutting stuff with. And it's already washed in the dishwasher. I, that's from growing up with both parents being very OCD, uh, strict yeah. and OCD. Yeah. But, you know, um, we were, I was going throughout the house doing things and, and at first I was getting frustrated cause I felt like we did live in shambles. I did feel like we had so much stuff out of place and God just like stopped me in my tracks. and was like, remember your blessing. We live in a home that has AC, thank you, Jesus, and heat for this winter. And when I'm not home, Kenny will turn the heat on. But I just was really convicted that having the ability to do laundry or to have a house to clean or all these other little mundane things that I get frustrated with, like that's a blessing. It's not, I shouldn't be frustrated with it. I need to see it for for what it is. And so I really, Jesus slowed my heart down this week and really just allowed me to see the little things in every day and just find the blessing in that. Yeah, I love that. And it just it was just such a good reminder, you know. Um like one thing I, I completely reorganized our office here in our house and it just like I found the joy in that of doing that. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I don't find any joy in cleaning, so I need you to elaborate. (laughs) Sorry, I found a blessing in that. Okay. (laughs) For me, it was joy because at the end, like having this to do or having an office to clean is a blessing. Like, Yeah, absolutely. It is. It really, really is. Having clothes to fold is a blessing because it means you have clothes to wear. And I remember one time I said something like, James talked my ear off the whole way home. And I remember you had said that, you know, count that as a blessing. Like we could hear nothing in that back seat. We never used to have a daughter. Like the Lord blessed us with one and I will take her talking our ear off any day over not having that sweet little voice. God gave her a voice. (laughs) (laughs) She thinks she can sing like her mom too. It's the cutest. (laughs) But it just, I really am finding the humility and the blessing and just the everyday things that society and social media tells us is is boring or unimportant Mm -hmm. or not fun so it's just it was a really good reminder this week for me i love that thanks that's i mean i feel like we all need that reminder for sure um all right well that took a little bit longer than expected (laughs) we apparently had a lot to say (laughs) yeah i think we're gonna have to have a couple episodes where we just just talk just talk back and forth (laughs) maybe yeah absolutely um but yeah, so we would like to get to Janice now. So um, yes. 
like we said, she is a friend of ours who lives in the neighborhoods, who's also in our small group. She's married with two beautiful girls, um, and we are just really excited to hear um, her story. You know, and it's funny that we just talked about hearing the voice of God, because I feel like Janice is one of those folks that is so in tune with the Lord. Um, and you'll see that as we talk to her, that she, when she hears God and she's so confident knowing and being able to discern when God is speaking to her, yeah, that it's inspiring. It is. Yeah. And we always joke about it. Like, okay, maybe let's tell Janice what we want so that she, she can tell, tell the Lord or. Yeah. Can you put this on a fast track speed dial? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, she has like a fast track to the Lord, but I mean, obviously we're joking about it because we all have the Holy Spirit in us, you know, but um, another thing that we're learning in this study is that hearing the voice of God and discerning the voice of God isn't like, Oh, that's how you do it? Okay, done. You know, it doesn't work like that. It takes a lot of time and a lot of practice, a lot of like, a lot of knowing, oh, that's my voice or that's the enemy or whatever it is. Just like weeding those things out. And with Janice, she's just been um, in this really amazing relationship with the Lord for so long that she knows. So like, don't get discouraged if you are trying to find God's voice and hear him and all that stuff. If it doesn't happen right away, um, or if you, you don't feel like you hear from him for a while, whatever it is, like, don't get discouraged because it does take time. It does take patience, just like everything else. Yep. So with all that being said, um, I'm going to link the study that I'm talking about by Priscilla Schreier. Um, it's called Discerning the Voice of God. Um, I'm going to link it in our show notes because if you all are interested in reading that, if you women are interested in reading that or doing a women's study on it, um, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, like I said, there's a study and there's also a video that it comes with. So I'm going to link it here. Um, and I highly encourage y'all to, to read that. So today we have our good friend and our fellow small group member, Janice, here. Um, and we met you, I don't know how many months back, a few months back. Mm-hmm. Um, at a mutual friend's birthday party, a yeah. person that you actually didn't even know. Right. <laughs> you just live in the community, so you showed yeah. up, and mm-hmm. we're so glad you did, because you yes. ending up uh, ended up joining our small group. What what was going through your mind when we asked you to join the small group? Like, we didn't even know you. <laughs> actually, um, Carla asked. Oh, she yeah. actually talked about the um, small group, because, you know, we had just moved her to the community and she's, she asked if I had found a church home yet. And I'm like, no, but then she mentioned the small group. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd love, I'd love to join. So then I came here and we look forward to coming on Wednesdays. I know. <laughs> and we really, really love having you guys. That's yeah. for sure. Okay. Janice, I'm sure our listeners are going to wonder where you're from because you have a really cute accent. <laughs> so tell us where you're from. Yeah. So I'm, was born and raised in Jamaica. So I'm from Jamaica. Hey. <laughs> and when did you move to the US? So I moved here in 2009 for grad school in Michigan, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I spent grad school there for two years and then I moved to Wisconsin. Um, yeah, and then just spent the rest of the time in Wisconsin until we moved here to Texas last year. Okay, awesome. So from super nice and tropical to nice and cold, back yeah. to nice and warm. So, <laughs> yeah, um, for um, grad school, I've only see I only saw like snow on TV, so like I wasn't prepared. Like most of my mm-hmm. clothes, and so when winter hits, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and so I'd go home like every break, um, just because to get rid of the you know just. Yeah. To thaw. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing is, I didn't know about layering. So it was like on one of my 
trips back to the States, a lady who sat beside me on, on the airplane was like, where are you going? I'm like, Michigan. And she's like, you don't sound too thrilled. I'm like, it's so cold. And she's like, don't you layer? I'm like, what's layers? <laughs> and so she actually taught me how to dress in winter. And so oh. then it became bearable for the yeah. most part. Yeah. 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 And I'm the same way being from Hawaii. I moved to Oregon for college. And I remember the first snow came. I was so unprepared for that. <laughs> So tell us about growing up, how life was like growing up. Um, if you were in the church growing up, you weren't in the church, and then just we'll just go into like how you found the Lord. Yeah. Um, so I had to go to church every Sunday. Okay. <laughs> so I was raised by my mom and my grandma. Okay. And um, their faith was my grandma taught me to pray. Okay. So I would. Um, we had just a really tiny really tiny house just it was made out of it's hard to explain like but if there are any uh, Jamaicans listening they probably understand it's it made out of like dirt and then it had like some slabs to the sides and stuff but it wasn't like concrete or anything like that but it I mean that that house was like it weathered so many storms Hurricane Gilbert so many my grandma was always praying keep the roof intact (laughs) so you know um, so I've just always seen her praying and I would hear my mom pray and and it's like Initially, it was a little bit annoying because my grandma would wake up in the wee hours of the morning because I slept with my grandma. Like, we just had a tiny bed, so I slept mm-hmm. I slept next to her. And then I asked her out of curiosity, can you teach me how to pray? Oh. And she taught me how to pray. And um, as a teenager, then a young adult, like, you're curious. You want to know, mm-hmm. like, what the world is like. Yeah. And so even though I, I went to church every Sunday, it was just tradition. Yeah. It wasn't like building a relationship with God, getting to know God for yourself. and But I, I knew I had several spiritual gifts. Now I understand them. But mm-hmm. I would tell my grandma, I, I, I dreamt A, I dreamt B, I dreamt C. And mm-hmm. they, they would kind of make it a joke to say, okay, here comes a dreamer again. Because I would get these <laughs> dreams, but I, wouldn't, I didn't know how to, um, to interpret them. Yeah, you didn't know what to make of them. Yeah, and so um, I remember when I went to college, because we were really poor I got a scholarship to go to college and so the college was was mm, I don't know probably 45 minutes from where we live so it wasn't far okay so you started college in Jamaica yeah so okay. um so right after high school I went straight to college so okay. I didn't have a break um we got the scholarship opportunity and I just I took, took full advantage of it yeah. but I grew up Baptist and okay. then this school was Seventh-day Adventist okay you know go, so we we had to go to church three times a day so 6 a.m you hear the RAs knock in worship and then 3 p.m everything shuts down because you got to go to chapel and then 6 p.m you hear the RAs knock again worship so it's like yeah my my whole life was around um church and faith but this was a little different um understanding the seventh day adventist um denomination so then it was um just always been around church and then I remember when I finished college I went to the city I got a job in the city and um, that was the first time going to church like learning more about God Mm -hmm. and and just a relationship with him and that was the first time I got um, filled with the Holy Spirit okay and that for me that was just out of curiosity because the the I remember the pastor asking for those who want the Holy Spirit, you you can come up to the altar 
And I'm like, okay, I went up to the altar and he was praying and he laid hands on me. And in my mind, I was like, I did not feel anything. (laughs) And then he went around again. And the second time when he laid his hands on me, it felt like a ball of fire from my head to my toes. I couldn't explain it. Just never experienced anything like that. I didn't speak in tongues until a short while after that, um, when my mom was hospitalized and um, the the doctor came out and said, Miss Stewart, which is Stewart is my my Maybe. surname that I was born yeah. with, okay. given at birth. Yeah. yeah. And I cannot give you any good news because we lost your mom three times. And so um, I went in the room and she had all kinds of tubes um, hooked up. And they're like, the doctor told me... Um, some some things was wrong with her intestines they had to cut and reattach and it was all of it was just going over my head because you know I'm I'm an only child so I was the only one there at the hospital yeah so how and, are how old were you at this time I was in my 20s okay and yeah. how how did your mom get sick like what happened to her that's it we don't know like I just remember I was in the city and my cousin called me and said your mom can't walk or talk oh like, my gosh so it was like just, emergency like yeah just something so okay. then I just had to uh, message my supervisor I'm like hey I'm going to the country I gotta see my mom and so um there was I didn't really get a solid explanation from the doctors and I just remember this lady this nurse she brought me into this tiny room that you can't even turn in she said do you believe in God and I said yes and she said I want you to sit here and pray life into your mom because I was in that surgery and I know what's happening is spiritual and I just started praying I remember when I went home I was talking to telling my grandma you know trying to sugarcoat it because I didn't want my grandma to worry and um I just I took the Bible and I didn't have any control over my right hand it just started flipping through the pages and it stopped on Psalm 18 never forget and once I started to read um, Psalm 18, I started speaking in tongues. Wow. And then Ooh. I heard myself said, um, the enemy said it that once the knife cut her, she was supposed to die, but I'm not ready for her yet. Oh my gosh. And my cousin, who wasn't a believer, I th- it was a small room. I just remember her putting <laughs> the covers over her head because it was new she for all of us. Yeah. You know, it was new yeah. for all of us. Yeah. And then the next day, um, I went back to the hospital and the doctor said, even if your mom comes back to, she's going to be in the hospital months and months upon medication. The same Saturday night, I went back and I started to just worship. And um, I heard the Lord said, my daughter, I have heard your cry. Now sit back and watch me work. Wow. Within a week, my mom was out of the hospital. Like... The doctor said he has never seen anything like that. Like they couldn't explain. Here's the guy. Um, I think they call him back home, like the porters that take the bodies to the morgue. Yeah. He was like, actually, I went home. I slept and your mom was still in surgery. So I was just waiting here to take a body to the morgue. Oh, my gosh. And so my mom said to me, the doctor told her, um, don't stop reading Psalm 91 because you are a miracle. I didn't even know Psalm 91 Mm -hmm. until she told me that I studied Psalm 91 and I would repeat that. That's her favorite Psalm. And, um, you know, I I was having these experiences, but I I really didn't, you know, I still wasn't fully committed. Like, it's like you have, I had like one foot in and one Mm -hmm. foot out, you know, like, okay, God, I'll give you a part of me. I see you're doing miraculous things and I love you and stuff, but you know, you can have a part of me Mm -hmm. as long as I can, I can still do this or that. Yeah. So, um, 
it wasn't until like later years, like now in my late thirties that I truly, actually, I truly um, just say, God, you can have all of me. 2014. Yeah. When my mom died, I buried her Saturday and the Monday I was in court going through a divorce. Oh my gosh. So I said, God, you can have all of me. Like, I don't have anything left. Um, My mom is gone. My grandma is gone. And my marriage is over. So, you know, have all of me. And um, I remember him saying, will you trust me? And I said, yes. And I have not looked back since. He has blown my mind over and over and over and over. Um, I'm far from perfect. But I've experienced God in my life so much that nothing or anyone can tell me otherwise that God isn't real. Yeah, absolutely. Once you have that true relationship with the Lord and you've experienced Him firsthand, yeah, nothing, nothing can change that. You know, sometimes the enemy can lie to you and you can turn away and chalk things up to coincidence or whatever, but you know that the Lord, that you felt the Lord, you know, and it's such a different experience from just reading his word to actually feeling him. Yeah. So after, um, you know, your, your mom was healed and she got out of the hospital. How long after that did she end up passing away and how did she end up passing yeah, away? Yeah, so... God gave her seven years. Wow. Yeah. And And they never figured out what was wrong? The first time it was the doctor just said, you know, her her intestines, some something was wrong with it, and they Mm. just had to reattach. That was all I got. There was nothing concrete. And 2014, um, the March, um, the February, I had just um, moved out of my ex-husband's house. And then the March, um, my former stepdad called me and said, um, your mom isn't looking so well. If you want to, because um, I was planning to go home. So it's like, if you wanted to kind of push up your flight. But I remember the February, my mom called me and she said, I don't like how I look. I'm looking in the mirror and I just, it just doesn't look like me. And so because I was going through, I was leaving an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell her all I was going through. I didn't, I wasn't like fully in tune with what was going on with her so I just you know sent her the money to go to the doctor and stuff and then she called me after I had moved um, into my own apartment and she said um the doctor is saying that she have cancer and I just remember crying 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 and she said Jay I want you to be strong and I said mom I can't and she said I'm the one with cancer like I'm telling you to be you have to be strong and I said mom I don't know what to do and so um I, you know, changed my flight and when I went home and it was such a crazy day that day. So like my, my, the flight, I, cause I had to take two planes. So I missed one and it was just, there was just so much chaos at the, at the airport. Anyway, I got, I was supposed to get to Jamaica like after one, I didn't get there until like after seven in the night. And you know, they had, they have visitors time at the hospital. So it was like, after explaining to the security guy and everything, God gave me favor and they allowed me to see her. And, and when I saw her, she was like, she was half of my body. And I, I just, I was just crying and crying. But I remember when I, when she told me that I said, God, if you're going to take my mom, can I see her before you do? And so he gave me one month with her. I wow. went home and um, I was, you know, in and out of the hospital with her and 
tried to take care of her as best as possible and it looked like she was turning around the doctor told me <sighs> there were three doctors looking at this report and one was saying yes she has cancer and it was just still a part of me was still in denial you know it's like and then um, I was supposed to start my doctoral program so I said to her um, I'll just not start that I'll just stay here and take care of me and she said um, I want I want you to because I know you can do it and mm-hmm. so my doctoral program started May and she died too oh my gosh wow and so you were here when she passed away yes so how did you find out that she passed away actually you know the funny thing is I found out on social media <gasps> oh wow what yeah I got a message from a, a girl in the community that I went to high school with and she said, like, my condolences. And I said, why would she be telling me my condolences? Because you only tell somebody that when they've lost somebody. Mm. So I didn't even respond to her. I picked up my phone to call the lady who I knew was helping my mom. And I said, is my mom okay? And she was just quiet. Oh, and then I just fell to the ground. I was like... I was just I I was just a mess, and my now husband, who was my um, boyfriend at the time, um, I think he was he had to give me like ensure you know those nutritional mm-hmm. things because I had yeah. no appetite. Like oh. I I went to the mall to pick out her um, her burial outfit because you know I'm an only child, so I'm like God, I don't know how to shop for my mom in death. And um, I had the um, the steering wheel in reverse when I was supposed to be going forward. I was just so out of it. I had to just I had to leave and go home and just sleep. And um, when I got to Jamaica, I said, "God, I need, I need you. I need you to give me strength to be able to go to the morgue." And He gave me strength. He provided people to help me throughout the whole process and um i was i was able to dress her mm. i was able to say things that i wish i had said yes. i always say like if you have a parent that truly loves you and my mom was she was my best friend she was everything if you have a parent that's alive like don't wait until after they're gone because you're not going to hear them pick up the phone to say, I love you. And so the last words I heard from my mom was, I love you. And so my kids, um, when they were doing, you know, all about me thing at school and, um, no, no, it was about your parents. And it's interesting because Brie wrote something like, what does your mom always say? And she said, I love you. And then Brittany, the daycare teacher, had to fill it out for her and asked her the same question. What is it your mom always say? And she said, I love you. I want my girls to always know that I love them because life can be so unpredictable. Yeah. And, you know, we all have to go one day. And so I'd want them to know that mom loved them. Yeah. And I know without a doubt that my mom loved me. Yeah, you can tell. And so at this time, you said you didn't have any siblings, so I'm assuming you didn't have a lot of family too. So it was kind of all on your shoulders to kind of figure everything out that was going on and while you're grieving. 
Yeah, so um, I have some cousins who, and other community members who helped, um, and um, my mom's uh, sisters um, and, and uncles and family. But my my so I have half sisters and brothers. But as I said, I was raised just by my mom and my grandma. So um, God provided people to um, be a shoulder um, of support, and. Um, So if you don't mind me asking, where was your dad at this time? Good question. I don't know. Okay. So you just never knew your dad? He, I know he's in an adjoining community. Not, you know, I know he's alive and he's like in the community. Mm -hmm. um, But when I went back to, you know, take care of my mom and bury her, I could not tell you where he was at that point in time. Okay. Um, So after your mom passed away, you said you felt like your relationship with the Lord got stronger then? Yeah. And tell us why it got stronger, how it got stronger. Because, like, I don't think I could hit another low. It's, um, he saved me from an unhealthy marriage. I mean, he saved me over and over, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, God, you can have all of me. And um, I just started to just talk to him. Like, you know, I would talk to my mom every single day. Mm-hmm. No, she's gone. Who do I talk to? So it was just my relationship with God became stronger and he just started to show up and show me who he is. Like, and I just say, Holy Spirit, please forgive me for the times that I've ignored you for the times you've given me specific instructions and I never followed through or I felt like you were just a bother, but it's like, you've just always been there. And the purest love that you can find is with God, Mm -hmm. um, with the Holy Spirit. Just, it's just, I've never experienced anything like that. And so, um, we're best friends. (laughs) So it's, It's, it's hard to explain. It's just, we're, we're best friends. He, 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 I've always said, I want to be so sensitive to you. And like almost every day I could say he gives me revelations, not, I mean, every day he gives me revelation, whether I'm in the garden, whether it's, um, seeing just something is like, he just open, opens up my ear gates, my eye gates to just be so sensitive to him. That is like, he's my guide. Yeah. And I think too, he knows that because as many people in small group have shared that they see that in you, like they see, and Kenny shared at the beginning, like it's just such a obedience and love and light. And you can tell that you are so connected with God because of that obedience. And just, I don't know, I think and too, like you said, just fully giving yourself over. God's like, okay, I'm going to work with that. Yeah. And then um, in 2017, I think, I don't, so there's a, um, I would call her my spiritual mentor, um, just an amazing person that God allowed me to meet in, in Florida. And so I would call, when I, I would call her and I'd ask her questions, she would answer. And, you know, I was just so curious. And I remember her saying, how high do you want to go? Like, there's no limit in God. And then she's like, well, it's going to cost you. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and then she's like, you know, the time that you were spending with him and all that stuff. And But she was right on. Like, you know, it when, when you put God first, he, he just, everything else falls in place. Oh, yeah. It's just, and so I'm, I'm thankful for her. That's awesome. Yeah, we've definitely seen that. Like, 
when you, like you said, when you put God first, like he and you're obedient, he just shows himself to you, reveals himself to you, and um, everything does fall into place. Yeah. You're right. Um, I would love to hear about like just a couple of like certain times in your life where you really um, saw the Lord, like where he spoke to you and you saw something happen or whatever it is. Yeah, well, I can, the most recent, I would say, is um, moving here to Texas. Okay. You know, um, not so recent, but it's just a year now we've been here. But I remember I had just started a new job in a new city. We had sold our house, went to another part of Wisconsin. And um, then the job that we thought my husband would get, um, that position wasn't available anymore because the person who was going to relocate decided not to relocate. So then he'd have to, we'd have to move back to Madison to where we're coming from. And it was just so hard. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I just started this job that I absolutely love. And, you know, long story short, it was hard. It was, it was hard for a family, you know, trying to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day in the bathroom, um, the Holy Spirit said, you're being selfish. Like you're, you're not thinking about the family as a unit. It's, you know, it's just think this is my job and I want to hold on to this and I don't want to move. And, and then I say, okay, God, I please forgive me and do what only you can do because you know, the end from the beginning mm-hmm. is for me to trust you through this process. And after I said that, like <laughs> I went, I remember one evening I came home and I was feeling so dejected and I just pulled up my phone and I saw the job that I have now on indeed.com and I was like reading through and I was like oh my gosh I meet and exceed all of these qualifications like is this real <laughs> like I, that's the fastest I've ever applied for a job and the whole process and um, I remember my husband um, said you know like you know if you don't get a job right right away we can you know we'll make it work and because he had his job offer here and just God just blessed both of us with jobs that we we love the companies that we work with and and I remember telling God you know um, whatever, wherever he's going to establish us, I'd love for it to be a community where our family can thrive. And mm-hmm. but we were planning to rent at that at the house for at least four years or so. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was driving to daycare, and the Holy Spirit said, "Oh, I'm going to move you guys next year." And I, my heart started racing. I was so nervous. I, I just started freaking out. I said, God, but we just moved here. And I go, where are we going to go? And all of that stuff. And so you guys he, were in San Antonio? No, we're in St. Hedwig. So oh, it's outside. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so I was like, and I said, well, if this is you, let um, Russ say something about, say, so. I don't know, whatever you're going to have him say. And I remember um, Russell said, you know, we should probably start looking at oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. Because, and it was just like, okay, God, this is you. But I was still nervous because I was like, you know, God, um, it's so expensive, the homes, um, interest rates are high. Like, you know, and I remember I went to my bed and I had this vision of a preacher and he was by a railroad track and he said, God wants you to, to stop worrying about three things. So in the dream, I grabbed the pen to write the three things, and then my alarm went off to wake me up. To oh, the gosh. Oh, no. And then so the whole morning, I was driving to daycare. I was like, "Okay, God, what are the three things?" <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, "You know, you're worried about where you're gonna live, the cost of the house, and the interest rates." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, God, I'm just, I'm just gonna trust you." And so, long story short, he, I, he gave, he gave me my heart's desire. Like, I wanted a home that had privacy in the back. I didn't want a neighbor in the back. I fell in love with the Paisley plan. And with and every, everything that I told God that this is my heart, He exceeded it. Yeah, 
he exceeded it and he has blessed us to be you know in this community with you and your family and other families of believers Mm and We've never been a part of a small group before. Um, oh, wow. Okay. No, and this is just this is just amazing. Um, I remember um, the church that I attended to when I was in Eau Claire, where we moved to. They had um, some kind of like ladies um, evenings at church, and you could go. And so I went to a few of those, but I've never been like you know where people actually congregate yeah. in the home. I'm sure they probably yeah. had some of those programs, but yeah. I've never been to any. So we're just truly excited and i could like literally write a book of how god showed up so many times even before um um i i moved out uh, of my 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 ex-husband's house i went to my bed and i had a vision where i was like on the ocean and but the what i just started to drift and then i saw this big hole and i fell in the hole and but when i i saw myself sitting on a grave Mm-hmm. and um I, I had my head hung and this might be spooky to some people but hey um <laughs> and there's a little girl who um appeared to me but she had like a bubble or like she was in this little bubble she didn't touch the ground and and uh, she was wearing a red dress and she said to me um my grand my granddad is 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 buried in there she was pointing to another grave and i said who's your granddaddy like you know and she said uh his name is jesus and he wants to meet you and this is before i actually fully surrendered to god and she said no go on home and get on with whatever you need to do and i would i saw myself running from the cemetery and saying god is good god is great i saw people heading towards the cemetery but they couldn't hear me (laughs) i saw a lady in a wedding dress i saw a guy i saw them going to the cemetery and and i woke up and i said god um I think you're saving me again. So, you know, and then probably a week or less than a week after that, I just decided to just move out on by faith and say, God, you, you'll take care of me. So um, no doubt God has, has saved me so, so, so many times. And I used to be scared of getting visions and dreams because I didn't understand them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, God, can't you give me another <laughs> gift? <laughs> like, I, I don't want this one. And now I'm like, God, I'm so thankful for mm-hmm. this one because he actually shows me a lot of things before it happens and give me um, wisdom to mm-hmm. how to navigate those situations. So I'm, I'm, I'm just so thankful that he sees it fit for it a wretched sinner like me. And, you know, he said, you are a new creation. Like, the old Janice is gone. Mm -hmm. And when my father looks at you, he sees me, the son. And so I just want to thank God that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I have a brand new life in Christ. Yeah. I do. Gosh. That's so amazing. I just want to go back to your ex-husband. Um, was he from Jamaica? No. Oh, so you met him after you moved over here? Yes. Okay. And we don't have to go into that, like, but it was just a bad. It was, a, I would say, unhealthy, a very unhealthy yeah. relationship. Yeah, because okay. there were, there's good in everybody, mm-hmm. and then there's just unhealthy um, aspects of some of us with our, you know, humanity. Because yeah. I mean, we're we've all fallen from grace, and right. so. It's uh, at at some point though you have to decide if 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 this is for you or if this is not. And yeah. um, I lost myself, um, and I I knew it wasn't for me any anymore. And um, 
it was it's anyone who is in an unhealthy relationship um especially if there's abuse it's not okay yeah and it's not it's not your fault and i think of the people who didn't make it out of abusive mm-hmm. relationships um their loved ones are left behind hurting and so 2018 or 19 i think i spoke at um light up the night it's um this program in fond du lac that um talk for um survivors of domestic abuse and violence and um i shared my story and i remember a lady in the community she saw me on she saw me, I think, on campus, and she said, are you the one who spoke at Light of the Night? And I said, yes. And she said, we have been in this community for 38 years, and we've never been to Light of the Night. But that night, myself and my niece went, and it was your story that gave her the courage to leave. <sighs> so um, I want to thank, you know, like the police officers and people who are always there to help because I remember um, the police officer said to me there's only one Janice and when she's gone she's gone and that was that was a wake up call for me to know that I gotta get up yeah (sighs) but it's just just to encourage anybody to know that if abuse is not okay Yeah. yeah and God had such a bigger plan for your life yeah and he gave you a husband and kids yes. and an amazing life and your job here now, like you said, you were made for it. Like it fit you exactly. Um, My kind of takeaway on that is, you know, we so often don't understand why bad things happen to us, why bad things happen. Well, you know, the quote, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, but I'll, I truly believe like it's for God's good and it's for testimony to come out of it Mm -hmm. and it's um, to help others because if none of us have gone through it, how can we help others through it, you know? Um, So I'm so sorry that you had to like go through stuff like that in your life, but it brought you closer to the Lord, which has um, just given you so much life and love, you know? Um, And so so much good has come out of it. Unfortunately, you had to go through that, but the Lord got you through it and it got you closer with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And you're having such an amazing impact on those around you. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the lady who came up to you after you spoke and, you know, even us in the community and your coworkers, and I know that that light that God has placed inside you just shines so bright to others around you. Yeah, even um, I used to volunteer on Wednesdays at one of the elementary school there and I'd go and I'd read to the kids or help to empower them. And I remember one Wednesday, a lady there, she said, um, were you the one who spoke at the, you know, she works at the school? And I said, yes. And she said, can I hug you? And she just, mm-hmm. she was just there crying because sometimes people, your story resonate with with. Your story resonates with them, but they're probably not at the point where they can actually share their stories. And so their gratitude comes out in tears because Mm -hmm. as you saw earlier, like even me trying to speak about aspects of my past, like my breath already was like just waiting just because it's healing for everybody looks different. Mm -hmm. And um, out of me sharing that too, um, just for 
confidentiality. Um, somebody, uh, a young lady, um, came came and said to me. She told me some things in in private privacy, and because she said, "Well, um, how how can you? I heard your story, but you experienced like." domestic abuse you are a doctor <laughs> and i would say i said to her abuse does not have a title nope. it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't matter discriminate. it does not discriminate and then she said um can i share something with you and she shared something that she didn't even share with her parents or anything and i just as you said kenny like you never know who who is going to be able to start to advocate for themselves because of what you share mm-hmm. it's like she's like because you're you shared your story now i want to she said i want to go to the police and whatnot wow. and it was just so many so many people came up to me after um in different aspects at the grocery store at the library just wow. saying things and it was just like you just never know mm-hmm. and so um testimonies um as the Bible says, they overcame him because of the word of their testimony and yeah. the, and and God. So, when the time is right and you are comfortable, if there are scars and you need to share why you have those scars, as you said, because God needs to get the glory. And I remember when I was driving home that night and I was just crying because I said, "God, it's just like it feels like so raw again." And He said. Because I have to get the glory. It because I I have to get the glory, and so yeah, that was the first time I actually shared that aspect of my life publicly. Gosh. But then I saw the impact yeah. on people. Yeah, and and God knew that early on. Yeah. He knew that unfortunately you'd have to go through that trial, but it's leading to so many yeah. great things for like you said for his glory yeah gosh i like really hate that you went through that but you know that's that's i feel like that's why he told us to do this that's why he told us to get people's like testimonies out there because it can help someone it can save someone it could you know, you never know. It could save someone's life. 100%. Yeah. And there's, it's no coincidence that we're here tonight and we're sharing this. And that I know, like you said, even if nobody speaks up, it's going to resonate with somebody. Somebody yeah. is going through something similar and can see now, like, there is life after yeah. this. There is yeah. hope and, you know, a whole nother green pasture for them. Is there anything else you would say to anybody listening that is going through that? Like any advice you have for them? I think um, if you have a confident um, somebody you can talk to. I remember um, in Wisconsin, I called. There was a hotline that uh, you can call and speak confidentially um, to someone if you're experiencing. They have like I think trained counselors or case. Or, I don't. I don't remember their titles, but there's somebody that you can talk to. And um, they can give you advice on how to get out safely. And I mean, so I utilize that service. Um, And if you don't have access to that, um, if there is somebody, you know, if you go to church or somebody in your community that you can confide in, but you also have to be um, like very strategic because 
the abuser doesn't want to give away that power, right? Mm-hmm. So right. Um, for me, I I plan my my way to leave not like abruptly i was you know putting things in place yep. so you can't oh, just yeah. like you know otherwise you're setting up yourself uh if you're going to be saying you know i'm leaving and giving them all these clues you kind of like yeah. have to just be smart about it so and i remember i uh i think i had also spoken to a cop just to ask um just advice like you know but again it's uh the stereotype right um and the narratives that exist in our community about um people who experience domestic abuse so then you're gonna probably internalize and start feeling like you're blaming yourself for what is happening Mm -hmm. that's not true that is so not true so um i would say just reach out for help and don't suffer in silence because there's Mm -hmm. so many people who are suffering in silence and when they could get help it's sometimes it's, it's too late yeah it's too late so if you know reach out to a pastor you know anybody that you can you know utilize those hotlines because as as the police officer told me like there's only one Janice and when she's gone she's gone so whatever your name is put it in there because there's only one you and when you're gone you're gone thank you for sharing that because that is not easy to I'm sure to bring back up and like you said even sharing it before you had a hard time to you know relive those so I appreciate you sharing that with us because again like Kenny said that that's just testimony that will reach I I feel it in my heart that will reach somebody yeah thanks for having me of course is there anything else you want to share before we go I just want to um tell my husband and my kids how much I love them and my husband has been my rock he has been just amazing a source of strength and support over the years and um, I know God put us together for a reason so he is an amazing guy I love love that guy yeah he's a good guy (laughs) yeah well I just want again Janice thank you so much for your time and just coming to share your story with us Um, we appreciate it you being so vulnerable, I know that's not easy. No, not at all. But again, just God is working through you. And I know we say it, but we can't say it enough. Like you really do resonate with folks and you're just a light in the room that, and it's, it truly is God. Like you can feel his presence, you know, and I know that's him working through you. So thanks for having me. Of course. Yes. Thank you. All right, guys, that was our show for today. As always, thanks so, so, so much for joining us and continuing to um, tune in to hear these testimonies. Um, And we will continue to try to be obedient in putting them out for y'all. But just a reminder that um, it will be every other Thursday rather than every Thursday. Um, Y'all have an amazing week and God bless. (laughs) 